Today on Abounding Grace from Pastor Ed Taylor. Every single revival of all of church history has started with brokenness and prayer. And so let's submit ourselves to God. It could be that the mountain in your life is designed to break you. Well, I don't want to be broken. You need to be. Remember what David said in his Psalm of Repentance? These are what you sacrifice. Brokenness, contriteness. You can't keep going the same way you're going and expect different results, especially following Jesus. Substantive change needs to happen, and it needs to happen from heaven. Heading into a new year, heading into a new day, new week, new month, requires us to trust in the Lord. This is amazing grace. a mountain-sized problem in front of you today? While many try to attack that with their own best efforts and fail, we'll show you a much better way here on Abounding Grace. And here's a little hint. It has a lot to do with depending upon the Spirit of God and trusting in God. We're developing a four-part series called Faith Forward. Today, Pastor Ed Taylor keys in on a foundational verse for life and ministry from Zechariah chapter 4. It will most certainly help you go forward in ministry successfully. In verse 7, he, he says, Who are you, O great mountain? And which one of us today have not faced some great mountain? And we happen to live in an area where we can understand the majesty of mountains. You know, before we added on to this building, this wall was all there was. And in this wall, there weren't doors over there. You know what the whole wall was filled with? Windows. And so I always wanted this side to be roped off because everybody would be looking out the window, looking at the majesty of the view that we have upstairs here. And I'm like, hello, guys, I'm teaching you. Oh, but the mountains, they're so beautiful. They're so wonderful. And they are. They are. You know, yesterday as I was coming into the office, coming to church last night, I drove the long way and I came up all the way Hampton, almost by the dump up there. There's a, there's a road, I forget the name of it, but as you're driving in to make a left on Hampton, people even park there. The view is so amazing. And there were people parked there to see the view. It was clear yesterday, a little bit of cloudy, snow on there. You could see the whole front range from Pikes Peak all the way north of Denver, all the way up. And it was like unbelievable. And of course, the majestic from here on top of the hill where we are, but as you get closer, they become more majestic and huge. They're huge and enormous. They're not like the plains. Right now, we're on the plains. Did you know that? We are on the plains all the way to Kansas from here. Get over the dump, and you are on your way to Kansas. This is what it's like. We are the flatlands. You get out to Watkins and Bennett, a little bit of wind out there, all the way through until Kansas. We're the plains. But you know, if we go west, we'll hit the mountains. And isn't that like life? You know, a lot of our lives lived in the plains. We have a little bit of things here and there. But eventually, you're going to hit a mountain. You're going to hit a big mountain. So what's our response? Oh, you know, I know how to deal with mountains. I'm going to spend the rest of my life chipping away at Mount Evans. All right, well, tell me how that goes. 
You can spend your whole life chipping. You can go buy yourself one of those, what do they call those? Jackhammers. You can buy one of yourself and jackhammer that mountain till your whole life. You're not going to make much progress. You have no power or strength to move that mountain. It's only by the Spirit of God. Mountains, they, those insurmountable impossibilities like Zerubbabel's facing. For him, it was rebuilding the temple with a bunch of apathetic, greedy people. For 16 years, they did nothing except serve themselves. And so he's bummed and he's discouraged. And God knows that and sends him a messenger and says, hey, look, bro, it's not going to be by your strength. It's not going to be by your power. Don't worry about it. It's going to be by my spirit. And you're going to speak to that mountain. And I think some of you, just by activating your faith and trusting God, you just got to start speaking as those mountains. It's like, God, you're not going to have my kids. God, you're not going to have my marriage. God, you're not going to have this in my life. I want to break free of this addiction. I want to break free of this, this thought pattern. I, I, and you just got to speak to your mountains that they'll become plains. Too many of you have just let the mountains sit there. And Jesus said, if you have the faith of even a little mustard seed, God will move mountains for you. And that's what Zerubbabel needed to hear. He needed to hear it's time to get up and get back in the game, Zerubbabel. I want you to walk in my strength, power. It's not going to be by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And God says you can have victory, church, in those areas where you've experienced the weakness of your own flesh, the areas where you've experienced your own inabilities and the helplessness of your own efforts. It's in those very areas that you can experience the power of God's Spirit doing for you what you can't do for yourself and admitting that. And at the end, the cry is always the same, like verse 7, grace, grace. We're reminded of the grace of God and the work that He does in our lives, through our lives. And we, we just realize it's all God's grace. It's God's power. We're here by the grace of God. We can't take credit for what's been done we can't take credit for the progress in our lives. We look at him and he's like, look what God has done. Look what he wants to do. And we just marvel at it. But I mean, the more you stare at that mountain, the more it discourages you. It might be, and you have to consider this, it might be not just the mountain. The mountain is what it is. The difficulty is what it is. But what, I want you to consider this, maybe pray about it this week. What you may be discouraged about is not just the mountain, but the fact that you can't do anything about it because you've learned that you can't do anything about it because you tried. And you tried and failed. And you tried and failed and made things worse. That's cause for discouragement, disillusionment, you know, people do that all the time. And then you know what they do? They start blaming God for it. Well, you know, it's God's fault. No, no, no. Step back for a second. God's ready to empower you to handle anything that comes into your life. How is that God's fault? And so then people start moving away from God like, it's, like he doesn't care. Like he's abandoned you and he hasn't. He's promised to finish what he started in your life. He promised that. You can, you can take that all the way to eternity. God is going to finish the work. But be careful. That you don't blame God for the activity of your own flesh. As we come to that, we try as hard as we can. We've tried by our power. We've listened to everyone's opinion. Haven't you found, have you learned this yet? You know, when crisis comes, all sorts of people come with their opinions on how you should handle your life. Anybody recognize, anybody have that? Amen? Yes? 
Everybody's got an opinion. Do this, do this, do this. It makes you more confused than last time. But some of those people you respect very well. So they go, well, that was his opinion. I'll do it. Failed. Well, but she said this. Failed. And then it's just like, what am I supposed to do? Trust in the Lord. And I'm learning as I continue on, as people have opinions for me and what I should do. And how I've learned this. Everybody has an opinion, but only God's opinion matters. And I need to learn how to follow him and listen to him and obey him and let everything else get sorted out. Allow him to sort things out in my life. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to put up a fight. I just need to trust in the Lord that he'll give revelation and understanding to anyone that might have an opinion. You don't want to try things by your efforts because, man, following opinions and whatever the new thing on TikTok is and whatever new life coach on Instagram is telling you, all of that, like you, it's like, what am I supposed to do? Sit down, read and pray and trust the Lord. He'll, he'll lead you and guide you if you will follow him. I remember being in this state as a newer believer, you know, because God wants to do a great work. Like he'll move the mountain. Like I remember when I was born again, like immediately, alcohol and drugs taken out of my life. Immediately. You know what wasn't taken out of my life? Ed. And so I needed to face now life sober. And I was a very bad person. I was a bad person to my wife, Marie. I was a bad person to my son. And now I got to deal with all this soberly. And I've got to deal with the full weight of it. I can't just go on drunk all the time and partying all the time and never home anymore. And I, I, got, I got to deal with reality and my responsibilities. And God was helping me with that. And I was doing my best. But man, I kept hitting a wall, kept hitting a wall, kept hitting a wall. You know, the, I've shared this before, but for some of you, it might be brand new. Let me give you a picture of the old Ed. So the old Ed wasn't very nice to Marie. The old Ed was very cruel to her, very mean, not a good husband at all. And I got saved, and my, my, my eyes are open. I want to be a good husband. I want to be great. And so this is the things I do. I'd read the Bible. I want to learn how to be a husband. And I remember the first time I read Ephesians, one of the most liberating verses. This is it, honey. This is it. We, and I called her I called her at work. I said, well, let's go to lunch. I want to show you something I found in the Bible. I just think it's going to help. It's going to help us in our marriage. All right, let's go to lunch. I go to lunch. Well, I pick her up at work. We go to lunch. And I open up the Bible, and I say, look what it says here. Wives, submit to your husbands. <laughs> As to the Lord. I've been right all along. And I believed it. And I don't remember her response that day. Although I've seen many responses. I'm sure I could re... I could re-think uh, it. You know, I could probably re... What's the word I want to use? Uh, yeah, whatever. It still shakes me to this day thinking about that. There was a few episodes like that. But, but here, here it was. I was, I was moving forward... I was, I was genuine, but I was so, so misguided in how to use the Bible. And so that was my life for the first year. You know, Marie was ready to divorce me before we got saved. Do you know, not even eight or nine months after we got saved, she's ready to leave me again. Because all that really changed is I'm sober. That's a good thing. But now I'm using the Bible like a weapon to try to get my own way. And so somehow, I don't remember the brother and I don't remember the exact timing. But somehow this must have been on all my face. You know, I'm just, I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm not doing this thing right. I'm not following God right. I don't know. Everything's collapsing. And some brother saw me in the hallway in children's ministry. I'm dropping off my kid. And, and he says, what's up, bro? And I'm giving him the story. He goes, oh, this is what you need. 
you need to memorize this first. And I'm like, well, I already memorized Proverbs 3. So no, no, no. I want you to memorize this first. I want you to see it in your Bible. Would you turn over to Galatians chapter 2? Because this is the key. This is like a New Testament equivalent of Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. He doesn't want me, he didn't want me in that season moaning and complaining and I'm not getting it right and poor me, Ed. No, this is what he wanted. He wanted me to memorize this, and I have, although I'm going to read it for you from the Bible. I want you to see it. And wouldn't you know, when you open to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 in my Bible, guess what color it's highlighted? Green. This is foundational. You can't get any, you won't make any progress without this truth. Verse 20 of Galatians 2. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, just pause there, that's not sinful flesh, that's just humanity. The life I live in the body, that's what that word is. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't set aside the grace of God. That is the New Testament equivalent of what we're studying. You... And I, we need to die to ourselves. We've been crucified with Christ. So our plans, our methods, our schemes, none of them are going to work. Because we've been, we've, we're dead. We're, we're the, that's the old man and the old woman. We live in the newness of life. We live by faith. We trust God with our lives. We, we don't trust him with our schemes and trying to figure it out and work a deal. We don't work through our methods through our manipulations and working. No, we don't do it with our five-year plan, our 10-year plan, our 15-year plan. Now, right away, some people are like, what? My five-year plan? No, it's not your five-year plan. As a matter of fact, those of you that are more organized, I love plans myself. I don't have five-year plans, but I love plans. If you're one of those people that are more organized, that's how God made you. Just write your five-year plan with a pencil. Be open to the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a direction in your life, but you don't de- depend on that. You don't work and go, well, we are in year two, and this is what we must do. What if God said no? What if he said, I want you to stop that? I want you to close that. I want you to turn left when you thought you were going to go right. I want you to go down when I thought you, were go- you wanted to go up. What will you do? Because that's a challenge. Will you trust in yourself, or will you trust in the Lord? Even when it seems like, You should be going another direction. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure the Christian thing out. Just follow the Lord. Don't try to learn the system, learn the vocabulary. Give me the list. A lot of people love lists. Give me the list. Give me five things I must do. I could give you five things that will greatly help you for sure. And I even write like that on my blog for sure. But I'm not going to give you a list. Anybody asks me like that, I'm not going to give you the list. You want to know why? Because that's all you will follow is the list. What if in your life, you're looking for five things, but God has 10 things for you? Well, if you're just working the five, you'll never look for the next five. How about this? You want 10 things, but God says, no, your list is one. Well, that's not the one I want to do. I know. And really, if you think about it, there is just one, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Look, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's happening in your life. I know God's doing a new thing in our church. He's doing a new thing for us in this city. I'm very excited about it. It's, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. But it's not going to be by our strength or our wisdom or some church planning seminar or some new book 
or some new gimmick or some new whatever. We have to get on our knees and seek the Lord. You want to see revival? You're like, oh, revival's already happened. Nah, it hasn't. Get on your knees and pray for it. Get on your knees and pray for it. You know what you you know what you'll know when you'll know you know when you'll know when there is a revival, when there is brokenness and humility among God's people. That's when you know. Not this arrogant, yelling, loud, we're gonna fight, fight, fight. Yeah, go ahead and fight on your knees. And as one pastor said, I don't remember many years ago, he says, You want to see revival, you want to experience revival. Go into your prayer closet, draw a circle around yourself, and pray for revival in that circle. And that's how it starts. Every single revival of all of church history has started with brokenness and prayer. And so let's submit ourselves to God. It could be that the mountain in your life is designed to break you. Well, I don't want to be broken. You need to be. Remember what David said in his psalm of repentance? These are what you sacrifice. Brokenness, contriteness. You can't keep going the same way you're going and expect different results. Especially following Jesus. Substantive change needs to happen. And it needs to happen from heaven. Heading into a new year, heading into a new day, new week, new month, requires us to trust in the Lord. Listen, precious church, I want to end here. Turn over to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. We're studying the book of Acts as a church. God's teaching us so many new folks. Welcome. We're glad you're here. So many new people online, on the radio. We're grateful that God has trusted us with you. We're going to love you and serve you. We're going to teach you the Bible. We're going to feed you well. We're going to shepherd you well unto Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It's great. And we need to learn what the church is like. We need to learn what God's heart is. We need to understand how he started it, how he continues it, and what he wants to do in the future. And we learn here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's been many weeks, many months since we studied it, but by way of review, notice what Jesus says. And say this word out loud when I get there. But you shall receive, what does your Bible say? Let's say it again. You shall receive power. You want power? Here's the answer. You want power for the mountain, for your family, for your son, for your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter, for your ministry, for your home, for your job, for your business, whatever. You want power. Jesus says, you will receive it when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Chapter 2. Now, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Check this out. And I want you, when I get there, I want you to say with me. And suddenly there came a sound. What does it say? Okay, you're not with me. We're almost done. Stay with me. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I help you out with that one. The sound came from heaven. And here's my final word. The blessing, the power, the fulfilled promises, the manifestations, they all came from heaven. All from above. It was supernatural, church, not natural. The church was born, not by human effort, not by man's talents, not by well-designed plans, not by seminary, not by Bible college, not by intellect, not by some man's charisma or personality or a bunch of gimmicks. The church was born of God. You were born again of God. Many of you, your marriage rescued by God. Your kids raised in a godly home, 
Your faith comes from God. As the old King James says, that we must be endued with power from above. That's the place. It has to come from heaven. Not even some sermon. You're going to forget this sermon. I promise you. Many of you are going to forget it. You're going to forget the point. Some of you already forgot what I said 10 minutes ago. I get it. We got a lot going on. A lot of information. But this is what you have to remember. You need power of God. It has to come from him. I can't give it to you. Some sermon can't give it to you. The church can't give it to you. Some guy on YouTube can't give it to you. Only God can give you what you're looking for. And if you don't change, and you settle for something less, then things aren't going to go as you would want them. We need something from heaven. That is Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And we just completed part three of four in our Faith Forward series. You can hear it again at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Have you had a chance to download our app? This is another great way to take in the teaching of God's Word. Download it for free today by searching for Ed Taylor. Pastor Ed, perhaps someone listening right now is in a place of impossibility, like Zerubbabel. There's a mountain-sized problem in front of them as big as Mount Everest. Would you pray for that person, wherever they are, that they would move forward in the strength of the Spirit of God, as you just taught us? You know, Larry, I will pray for them, and I just want to acknowledge that feeling. I'm glad that you draw it out because you it's, it's one thing to teach a Bible study. And I can be so passionate about it and excited about it. And I can, oh, you move this mountain and Zerubbabel can receive the word of the Lord. But it's still hard and it's still challenging. And I don't want you to ever confuse a Bible study with the idea that, you know, just get over it and you can do it. It, it actually isn't. Uh, I don't want you to get over it and you can't do it in your own strength. But I do know that you can get through it. And the monumental mountain-sized issues you know, when we think of moving mountains, we, we kind of think about them disappearing or moving in some major fundamental way, but sometimes the Lord just moves it little by little. Remember when the children of Israel were coming into the land, he said, I'm not going to give it to you all at once. It's going to come little by little because otherwise you wouldn't be able to handle it. And so I just want to pray for your faith to grow in Jesus and he'll take care of these things. You keep your eyes on him. So Father, I do pray for those listening right now, who listen to a Bible study and go, oh, you know, that guy doesn't know, or he, he doesn't know what I'm going through. And, and Father, I know that I probably don't know what they're going through. And yet in my own life, I've had my own, I've had, and I have my own mountain-sized issues that I need to be encouraged that whatever you're going to do with them, it's not going to be by my maneuvering or my manipulations or my wisdom or my experience or anything like that. You're using them to draw me closer to you to trust you, to walk by faith, allowing you to do the hard work in me so that you can also do the wonderful work through me. And so I pray that into the lives of those listening right now, that you would encourage them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, by the way, just real quick before we head off, Larry, I want to remind everybody that I wrote a book here a couple years ago after my son Eddie passed away called Help for the Troubled Heart. And I think it would be a great resource to pick up to speak into your life right now. Uh, it's not a book on grief, so don't misunderstand that. It was just what motivated me 
to teach a series of Bible studies and then convert it into a book form for folks just looking to be encouraged to get your eyes on the Lord. So help for the troubled heart. I know it, it will help you and encourage you. And you can get it on our website, calvaryco.store, calvaryco.store, or wherever you get books. But I, I felt the need to share that right now for those listening in, because I can pray for you, but there's also a practical side that I can also help you. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. And please remember that Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. We look to the Lord for provision. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Warren Wiersbe's book on being a servant of God. This is a must-read for anyone who desires to serve the Lord and be involved in ministry. In it, he invites ministry leaders to listen in on 30 short armchair chats that will no doubt encourage and inspire them for service. You might even want to go through this with your small group at church. To order a copy today, call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. We've got one more study to go in our Faith Forward series, and we'll have that for you on our next Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.